This is Lifetime Sentence, the podcast where we watch bad Lifetime original movies and compare them to the truly heinous stories that inspired them. Because sometimes the truth really is stranger than fiction. So how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I am really good. I got my chai tea. Yeah. And I think that's redundant. I think chai just means like tea already. So I don't think people have to say chai tea, but I do anyway. So yeah. I've got my chai and uh, I listened to some really good podcasts on the way from Dallas today. So um, I will share this story with everybody because it was so Yay. good. So last night I went to my favorite murder in Dallas yeah. and um, I was supposed to go with my best friend and she was running a fever. And um, so her husband decided he would go with me and um, we do this thing where we have traded off going to events each other likes before mm-hmm. so like i went to a uh heavy metal concert with him once mm-hmm. and that was totally his thing like i like heavy metal but i'm not going to go to a concert on my own of my own yeah. volition i mean um and so to trade off he went to my favorite murder with me and mm-hmm. we just had the best time and so afterward there was so much traffic that and we were on the top floor of the parking garage we wow. were like there's no point to try to get out uh-huh. So we uh, went and sat at a bar and listened to live music and <laughs> um, this adorable, crazy little uh, Filipino lady. Oh, she, yeah. She's probably five drinks in and two sheets to the wind at this point because um, she's all a four foot one. So one glass of wine uh, is like yeah, a lot like already. <laughs> um, so she drags her stool over next to me mm-hmm. and immediately starts to tell me about every gay man she's ever met. <laughs> and I was like, that's cool. And then she asked if I would add her as a friend on that Smule karaoke app. Which I don't know what that is. I okay. haven't used in years. So I was like, sure, I'll add you. Like, it to me at first, it was not a thing. We all have to remember how naive I am. It's like if somebody was like, can we be friends on MySpace? Be like, if I ever remember my password. Yeah, sure. exactly. So uh, I added her with the full intent of never using that app again. Right. <laughs> and so she tells me about all the people that she sings with. And mm-hmm. um, he's, this guy is so hot, you'd never know he's gay, but he's gay and he's in Germany and you should go visit him. And this guy's so hot and he's in the UK and you should go visit him. And finally, three or four minutes in, it dawns on me where this conversation's headed. She thinks you're gay. That I'm her new gay best friend. Mm-hmm. And um, then she looks over at Dennis at uh, my best friend's husband and Mm -hmm. she puts together now that we are a very adorable couple. Of course you are. Duh. You saw the picture. Yeah, I did. (laughs) Hats off to your friend there. Mazel tov. (laughs) (laughs) So um, she asks us what we think of this guy that she points at across the bar. By the way, neither of us know which guy she pointed at because we had that conversation. <laughs> later. Um, and we were like, I'm, he's a guy. <laughs> and she says, I'm supposed to be on a date with him, but he's off with those two fucking sluts. But that's okay. I know my worth. I don't show my titties. It's <laughs> like, what the fuck is this? I mean, if that's the bar, it's pretty low, but at least it's there. 
<laughs> she's got her line and she's sticking to it. Will not cross it. And then she reverts back to this Mule karaoke app and she's mm-hmm. telling me how she records herself and how she doesn't like the gap in her teeth so she lets her hair hang in front of her face. And then she makes me watch a video of her singing. <laughs> and we're stuck at this point. So This is the best story ever. <laughs> Dennis watches this is me better than your weed story. Right? <laughs> Dennis watches me order a second drink, and that's what he knows I'm in for the long haul. Right. And um, I don't know if he's willing to play along with me because at this point I'm like, let's see how crazy this gets. Right. Um, and she goes, So are you two married? And we both show our rings at the same time. Mm-hmm. And that's when I know he's in it to win it. Yeah. Dennis is my boo for the night. <laughs> so she starts complaining about men all over again and how that guy's off with quote two fucking sluts and he i mean men are garbage but okay listen i found the only good one i'm sorry my my husband And so um, she was like, but that's okay. I'm just going to be me. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. And Dennis goes, you do you, babe. You know what's best for you. Oh, my God. So then she goes, you two are just the sweetest couple. And you are lucky. And she points at Dennis to let let him know that he's lucky to be married to me. And I was like, why is he lucky? Tell him. Tell him all the reasons he's lucky to be married to me. Yeah. And she was like, you have the most beautiful skin and a beautiful face and you have gorgeous teeth and you have beautiful hair and you're not losing any of it. (laughs) And I was like, well, all of those things are accurate. Look, (laughs) again, that's the bar. It's low, but it's there. It's there. And then Dennis goes, you forgot to mention my favorite part. That's his he has the most joyful eyes I've ever seen. So she takes my face in her hands and shoves my head so she can stare straight into my eyes. And then she goes, Oh, you do have beautiful eyes. You are so lucky. And I looked and I was like, No, I'm the lucky one. Do you see my husband? He's just gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> It's so best. She then starts to grope me like this. <laughs> and she looks at Dennis and she goes, please don't slap me for touching your husband. <laughs> and he goes, I won't slap you if you don't slap me. <laughs> and she goes, look, I am a girl. I have titties. He doesn't want this. <laughs> You know that lady woke up today and is telling her friends at brunch all about the delightful makeup machine. I hope so. I hope so. So then she starts to tell us about this roommate that she had, how he moved back to the Philippines to marry some man, and how she, this was her quote, and I did not text this to y'all last night, but she said, she said, y'all should go to the Philippines. You can get your flame on there. I'm really curious as to what all getting your flame on entails. I don't know, but... I mean, I assume that you can do a lot of that in certain places in the United States. So I'm like, what's different about the Philippines? I need to know. (laughs) Call us. (laughs) No, for real. I really need to know because I um, need to know if I can, like, go on a a scavenging (laughs) for an alternate GBF there. Right. Um, 
And so then she, um, she tells about this roommate who moved back to the Philippines and she says that he just keeps getting his heart broken by men over and over and he doesn't know his worth. And I looked at her and I got really serious and I said, it sounds like he broke your heart. Did he break your heart? And she stops and I see an existential crisis flash across her face. And it's the first time she's ever considered this. And then she goes, yeah, he broke my heart, but not like that. He's gay. He doesn't want this. (laughs) And Like, again, I've got the titties. (laughs) Exactly. I don't know why you don't get that. So, um, she finally says that we're so sweet and she asks if um, she can be our daughter. And then okay, Dennis tells her that she can't because we already have two kids and that's too much to afford. And she says, you're too young to have children. And I said, how young do you think I am? <laughs> and she goes, um, and I'm hoping that she's going to say like 20, like I feel in my soul that that two is about to come out of her mouth. And she was 32. I'm 31. That's not even fair. You said I look young. <laughs> and so then, I get my 20s all the time. So suck it. So then Dennis goes, well, how old do you think I am? And she looks at him. And she goes, 28. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, no. And she was like, 25. And he goes, you went the wrong way. And she goes, are you older than him? And Dennis was like, I'm 34. So then she slaps me and says, what are you doing with this old man? It's <laughs> the best story I've so ever heard. Dennis life. finally goes, okay, we need to get home. The babysitter's been there too long with the kids. Have a good night. <laughs> and we walked out. And before I left the building, I blocked her on that Smule app. Cause I was like, I cannot deal with this. Oh my God. <laughs> You should have just logged out and never logged back in. I didn't, I, I didn't want her to see any of the videos I'd already posted. Oh, I didn't want her sure. to access, access to any of my life. Sure, sure. Okay. All right. Now you want to talk about something that's not nearly as funny? Look, I texted you this morning and I did not pay a lot of attention when this was going on. Right. And I don't remember. Like, I remember hearing about it, but also like... <clears throat> Sports. Right. Yay, yay, sports ball. Like, whatever. Sports ball coupled with it's on foreign soil, so our our news didn't cover it nearly as heavily. Right. And so I didn't know a lot. Like, I just – actually, I thought it was, like, still kind of debated whether or not it was an accident. Right. It is not. No. Um, This guy is horrible. What a fucking monster. Oh, hey. Welcome to Lifetime Sentence. I'm Paul. I'm Erin. Hey, guys. (laughs) Now we're going to talk about a douchebag. Yeah. This movie enraged me. In fact, I did a little fact digging afterwards just to compare men who kill their intimate partners and women who kill their abusive partners and how long each of them spends in jail. I don't like what you found, and I don't even so know the answer. you can be enraged with me. Yay! Okay. So, let's do this thing, huh? All right. We watched, or I watched this week, Oscar Pistorius, Blade Runner Killer, 
was released on November 8th, 2017. Um, it stars Andreas, Andreas, Dam. He plays Oscar Pistorius. Um, he was also on the show Person of Interest. Um, he had a sh- uh, he had a guest appearance on the show Elementary, which is the okay, uh, show I know that one. Show. Um, he was also on a show called Off the Rails and The Big Black Space. I think they're both movies, and I don't know either of them. So, um, Tony Tony Garn. G-A-R-R-N. She plays Reva Steen, Steinkamp. Steenkamp. I don't... I can't read. Sorry. Reva? <laughs> we'll just go with Reva. Yeah, her name... That's what I call her. Reva McIntyre. In my notes. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, is Reva. So she was in a movie called Head Full of Honey and in a movie called Berlin, I Love You. Okay. Which is another movie, but we'll get to it. <laughs> um, and then finally we have Timothy Davis. He plays Detective... Bosman, Bossman. Um, he's on the show Billions, which is a HBO show okay. with The Rock. Um, he's also like I just included this because I think it's funny. He's in a show called Detectin, not detecting. Detectin. Detectin. <laughs> well, I wonder if it is set in East Texas where I grew up. I don't know, but we. I'm interested in to find out. However, Tony Garn this week is the winner, and she brings us my favorite segment, Pornhub or TV. Ready? I'm oh, I'm never ready, but let's go. She was in a movie called Under the Bed. That's going to be a horror film. Okay. Uh, that premiered, oh, I'm going to say on, um, or it's a miniseries on ABC Family circa 2007. Um, with Chloe Grace Moretz as the monster under the bed. <laughs> no, it's a movie, and I don't think it was on Lifetime, but I really want to find out because it's got our favorite segment or our favorite uh, um, line inspired by true events. Oh yes, a stalker takes up residence underneath the bed of his female target. Ugh! Oh no! Mm. I need to know about Get the this. fuck out with all of that. Don't make movies right? about it. Just don't do that. Ugh. First of all, how do you have somebody living under your bed and you don't check under your bed every night before you go to sleep? Because I don't that's like I that. I look under my bed every night before I go to do sleep. Do you really? Yeah. It's like part of my routine. My fat ass can't get down on the floor or I won't <laughs> get back up. So I just well, gotta hope. Not, like, I don't have to bend over that far. Yeah. Anyways. This opens with a sports documentary, and I hate it. That's what I always, <laughs> that's, in fact, that's what I've started this podcast for, was for you to say those words. Sports In that order. <laughs> this opened with a sports documentary. I love that sports <laughs> documentary stuff. Go sports, yeah. Um, actually, I do like sports. I do not like track, so... Sorry about it. Running <laughs> is not a sport. It's what you do when your big brother's chasing you for breaking something. <laughs> it's a survival um, skill. A reporter is saying, quote, this is the man we've chosen to honor tonight. And I'm already like, mm, I'm going to change the channel. Thanks. <laughs> um, they talk about his accomplishments as someone who rose above his disabilities to become a sports superstar, which 
would be incredibly impressive if he wasn't such an asshole. Um, he competed in the Olympics against, like, he competed in the actual Olympics against, right. like, um, able-bodied runners. He lost, I think he lost both of his legs prior to birth? No. Oh, okay. Well, he lost both of his legs at some point. I don't know. He can never um, find them again. <laughs> oh, God. We're going to get so many emails. <laughs> um, <clears throat> cut to South Africa, February 13th, 2013, the day that Riva is killed. Okay. Oscar is training in the world's ugliest sunglasses. <clears throat> Naturally. Yeah, like you do. Riva is at home making a Valentine's Day card for him. She calls him Ozzy and writes on the um, envelope. It's very cute. Um, he comes in and they kiss. And then he tells her he's buying a house for them to live in together. They kiss again and then have sex on the dining room table. Well, there you go. Like you do. Mm-hmm. Um, it cuts to nighttime. You hear screaming. You hear a man and a woman screaming. The woman screams no. And then you hear several shots fired. I don't like that. The police detectives come the next day and they find a cricket bat in the bathroom. Um, the first detective is like, how do you like, what do you think about this? And he's like, oh, he, that guy's a sports nut. <laughs> That's a phrase that I'm going to use more often. Yeah. And, and all around and all around sports nut, just not just a regular one. Oh, damn. Uh, not to mention that everyone knows all around sports nuts leave their cricket bats in their bathroom. Yeah. That's the mark of a true all around sports nut. <laughs> uh, we flash back to the crime. Um, Riva is in the bathroom and Oscar is beating down the door with the bat. Don't like it. There's blood everywhere. Um, Riva's phone is in the bathroom where the detectives are and um, so the phone rings and, and it's Riva's mom. The detective answers it, confirms who she is, and then he tells her over the phone that she's dead. No! Like, isn't there a rule against that? Like, I know in the medical profession, you have to wait until they arrive. I'm pretty sure. He could have at least, like, sent a text. Right? With the, a-, a picture attached yeah, I'm pretty sure there's a rule. So New corpse who dis. And I think there's also a rule against wearing a shirt with a thick vertical stripe and a tie with a thin diagonal stripe. Okay. Are we watching what not to wear or lifetime? Pick a side. I don't know, but he's wearing a plaid jacket too. It's just too much. It's a lot of lines going on. <laughs> um, the detective goes downstairs where the body is. Um, we cut to Oscar and you can just see his back, which has the verses first Corinthians nine, 24 through 27 tattooed on it. And that's why I texted you and asked you if that was a real thing. I looked that up for you. Do you want the answer now or later? No, just tell me later. Okay. And then we'll read the verses. It'll be like, Bible I already study. wrote what those are too. Yay. Um, the crime scene tech comes up to tell Oscar what a huge fan he is and takes a selfie with him. At the crime scene. I'm sorry. I have several questions that can all be summed up with what the fuck? I was like, do your job. <clears throat> the detective comes in and tells them to all go away. <laughs> Everybody peace out. 
um, this same detective arrested, like it comes up and they never mention it again, like they do, you know, that he arrested him four years prior for assault. Okay. Um, Oscar says he thought Reva was an intruder. The detective is like, cool. Well, we're considering you a suspect in her death anyway. So congrats. I'm glad I got um, that selfie first because yeah. this would be awkward otherwise. Then he asks him to tell him what happened. Um, Oscar says Reva was going out with friends but came home instead to make him dinner. Ugh, I hate everything about that. Um, she's writing some kind of speech and he says it was a perfect evening. Uh, we cut to Reva doing yoga while Oscar searches for house furnishings. <clears throat> so he's laying in bed. You just see her ass like block the view and then go down while she's doing her yoga. I, I approve. Yeah. Um, she crawls up in the bed with him and he says she's going to move into the and says she's going to move into the new house with him. Um, then they're sleeping. He doesn't have any covers on. Which is weird to me. Okay. I don't know. He gets up because he can't sleep and unplugs the fan that's sitting outside, which that's not how air conditioning works. <laughs> you close the door, you turn the air on, and then the, the room gets cooler. Am I wrong? I don't know because that is a part, like a detail of this case that I'm still trying to wrap my head around. I don't get it. Um... He closes the door and pulls a fan in, and then he hears a noise, so he just immediately grabs a gun and says, Reva, get on the floor and call the police. He starts screaming at someone to get out of the house. This person is in the bathroom, which we'll get back to that. Um, He keeps yelling, and then he shoots into the closed bathroom several times. Like you do. I. They were taking his cricket bat. This makes no sense to me at all um you've never had a really nice cricket bat that someone was stealing (laughs) clearly in the interview he says it's now that it dawns upon him that it could have been reva in the bathroom like when you're sleeping with a person and they get up in the middle of the night to use the bathroom like normal people do i can't if i had a dollar for every time i shot sarah because she went to the bathroom in the middle (laughs) of the night i'd still have zero (laughs) dollars Um, so he goes back into the bedroom and puts on his, like, his prosthetics. He didn't have them on before. Right. He was just walking. Um, the door is locked, so he bangs it down with the cricket bat, and she's in there dying with blood everywhere. Um, instead of calling 911 or the South American equivalent, I don't know what that South is. South African. South African. Sorry. I wrote South African. I just can't read. Gotcha. That's fine. <laughs> He oh, calls well, it. At first, I was like, "Did Lifetime mess this up so much no. that they put it in like South African?" I just—it's me. I can't. Venezuela. He calls an assistant and says that he shot her, and I don't get that either. Um, he carries her downstairs, and there's someone banging on the door. He yells that they have to get her to the hospital, and his neighbor, I think maybe, says to just lay her down and get some towels to like cover her wounds, like try to like. Add- like compression or whatever um the detective is acting like this is all like normal until oscar puts his hands over his face and he notices that they were have been like scrubbed completely clean okay um he asks oscar if he washed his hands at some point and he says yes they were full of blood naturally which my hands are always full of blood that's how Um, circulation works not (laughs) not mine i got rid of that long time ago (laughs) 
Um, they're interrupted. Back on weight, so I, I get rid of the water weight first. <laughs> they're interrupted by another detective, and detective number one tells him that he doesn't believe that's uh, Bossman, Bosman, whatever. He doesn't believe a single word of what Oscar is saying. The second detective looks at him and says, "Well, then what do we do?" Your fucking job. Yeah. So detective number one just looks at him like he's grown another head, and he says, "We arrest him." <laughs> <laughs> oh this is the guy's first day on the job clearly yeah, and he was hired as a detective not a b-cop <laughs> in cape town they hire you directly as a detective yeah um we go back to the day of reva's death again she's on the phone with her mother while she's driving and i'm like isn't that against the law i don't know um she was apparently on a reality show called tropica island of treasure yes she was and it's Tropica with a K. Yes, it is. Reva tells her mother that Oscar asked her to move in with him, and her mom says it's they're moving too fast. Okay. Um, and that they shouldn't be moving in together because they're arguing too much for them to be moving in together. Maybe sometimes listen to mom. Yeah. Um, Reva blows her mom off and then gets on the phone, and then gets off the phone while her mother her last words to her are, "Remember, don't elope." That's sage mm-hmm. advice. Good advice, right? Um, flashback to... Okay, so the, they're setting this all up. I thought these two had been together for a long time. Right. We're talking about moving in together. No, 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 no. Flashback to five months prior to when they met. Yeah. Yeah, that's accurate. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't like it, but that's accurate. Yeah. Oscar's at a fancy party for racing race parties they're all yeah. the rage <laughs> reva's friend tells her that oscar is staring right at her he comes over oh reva's like the trophy girl she's like taking photos with the winners um he comes over to her and um her friend's boyfriend is like hey oscar like what's up like just so you know this girl reva she's beautiful she's smart and she has a law degree wow so they're talking and he whispers in Reva's ears that he just hates these parties. They're just oh, so hard to be rich and go to parties all the time. I mean, it come feels on. so vapid. Yeah. But she's, but you know, her presence is making him reconsider how much he hates these events. Oh, good. Lucky for all of us. She goes to a friend's house and tells them, um, who like that she met him and her like her friend at the house says oh my god he's the brad pitt of the sports world are you sure (laughs) see this is what what year 23rd it's like the 2012 london olympics that he ran so that's 2013 evan lizacek existed then why are we calling this guy the brad pitt i don't know um so right as they're talking about this, her phone rings and it's Oscar because he just, he RSVP'd with a plus one to this award show and silly him. He totally forgot and he doesn't have a date. I hate when I forget that I don't know anybody because I'm a fucking douchebag. <laughs> um, so Reva is like, oh my gosh, I have to find something to wear because she's wearing tennis shoes with a mini dress right now and is not ready to go out in public at all. I mean, that sounds like appropriate wear to anything you're going to go to with this guy. Yeah, uh, she can't wear tennis shoes so you can run away. (laughs) Um, 
She gets interviewed on the red carpet and reiterates that they're just friends. Oscar texts her later and asks her to go to coffee the next day. And instead, I guess they go out for wine, which sure. Okay. He laments about how lonely he is because he's just a poor little rich, famous boy. Um, he tells Reva that she reminds him of his mother, which is a weird thing to say to somebody you want to date. I was about to ask, like, is that a pickup line that works on you? <clears throat> no, it is not. Again, Sarah and I started dating when we were 19. I don't actually know anything about dating. And if I had to do it all over again, I would just be single till I die. That's not true because you would need to get married. You need someone to take care of you. Um, I'll um, just move in with Lindsay and Dennis and have my husband. There you go. There you go. I'll be like um, a brother husband situation. Yeah, <laughs> um, so they're sitting in this cafe and someone's taking photos of them, you know, because famous, whatever. She gets a little freaked out, so she excuses herself. When she walks back out of the bathroom, he's surrounded by girls, like, draped all over him taking pictures. It's disgusting. Um, I guess later they're dating now, and they have a text conversation where she says that she's missing him. And he tells her he's been at the shooting range, quote, blowing off steam. Nope. Don't like that. She tells him she's getting ready for her beach shoot because she's a model where she'll be modeling bikinis. And then we see her the next day. She's modeling on the beach. He calls five times and texts twice in 15 minutes. I hope it's because there is an emergency and not because he's a douche. Nope. It's just because he's a douche. Um, Then he texts her friend slash assistant to see where she is because she didn't answer. Because he's a massive douche. So her friend is like, this is kind of weird. And I was like, kind of? Just just a little bit. Um, Reva says he's just intense. But Reva is wrong. <clears throat> um, if a guy does this to you, he's a stalker. Run away. Um, she tells uh, her assistant friend, whatever, that she's going to Jamaica to shoot a reality show. Um, when she tells Oscar, he assumes that he's going to go with her. That's not how reality shows work. You are not invited. So she suggests maybe that he stay behind. And so he accuses her of wanting to, quote, whore it up on the TV. What a jackass. So she gets pissed and walks away and he follows her and he's like, Angel, I'm so sorry. And that makes it all okay. No, it should not. He says he'll give her her space like she wants, which is nice, I guess. Question mark. In Jamaica, Reva and her perfect ass are romping around um, on the beach, which, um, girl, if you're listening to this, send me your fitness regimen. I need it. (laughs) She gets some flowers from Oscar with a card that says how much he misses her. And we get the first of two edits of the week this week. Whoa. Because she reads the card, right? And then she looks up off into the distance. Like maybe he's up there in heaven. And she says, I miss you too, Baba. (laughs) No, no, she did not. I just remembered that this is a podcast and people can't see me shaking my head in complete disdain. (laughs) It was so weird. Um, later she's at a bonfire. Yeah, that's what she calls him. Baba. I'm don't, I'm keep going because I'm just going to be awful. 
Yeah, later she's at a bonfire where everyone is smoking pot and making s'mores because, you know, Jamaica. <laughs> Sounds like a good night. Yeah, it does, actually. <laughs> Meanwhile, um, Oscar's at home playing with guns. Like you do? Seriously, no. We get a long montage of him, like, walking through his house playing with guns. But, like, he's holding two in his hands. He's like, bam, bam. And then he, like, has a big rifle in his hands. He's, like, stalking around his house. It's the weirdest shit I've ever seen. Like, he, could he not afford a PlayStation and just play some Call of Duty? Right? Um, later, and this is after Reva's back, he's playing with guns with his friends. And at least this time they're outside, like, shooting stuff. <clears throat> he shoots a watermelon. Okay. <laughs> and then tells his friends that he's going to go meet Reva. They kind of make fun of him. And then... He fires the gun in their general direction, which is not a thing that you learn in gun safety class. You're not supposed to do that. It's, in fact, the opposite of a thing you learn in gun yeah, safety. exactly. He takes her to the house he's buying. He takes picks Rila up and takes her to the house he's buying. She's wearing the cutest shirt here, and I want to know where it's from. Um, he asks her to move in, and she says they're moving way too fast. Um, he then says, well, I don't quit until I get what I want. Maybe... Maybe don't be like that. Anybody who's listening to this podcast, don't be like that. It's not charming behavior. Ugh. Um, back at the house he lives in currently, Oscar's watching a sports documentary about himself. Oh my god! Um, now, Reva... okay, question. Do uh-huh. you listen to our episode every week? I listen. I don't listen to it after it drops, no. Okay. <laughs> I listen to the raw, like, so I can tell you if we need any edits. Okay. Because okay. I know that the first few episodes, I definitely listened. I did. I did the first few, but now I don't anymore. No. Um, Reva posts a photo of herself. In fact, I even let you post our second Patreon episode, and I didn't even, I haven't even listened to it at all. Yeah. That's I because to the raw I didn't one. get my life together. Well, you know, we're working on it. Um. Reva posts a photo of herself on Instagram at a concert with the hashtag Puff Puff Pass. And Oscar freaks out. He can go fuck himself. Because he says that she's like ruining his image. Um, He asks her if she smoked out last night. And then he does a thing that I hate. Mm. Mixes he, stripes and uh, mm, polka dots. No. He is yelling at her. And she looks away, like she looks down, and he does that thing where he goes, hey, like to get her attention. Is she and a, I was like, she's not your animal? dog. Yeah, no, I, right? She's not your baby and she's not your dog. There's no reason for that. And I mean, baby, baby, like where you have to get their attention quickly because they're about to, you know. Let's put their hand on the fire. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, she says at this time, like, it feels like his reputation is more important to him than she is. Um, and she says, I didn't lie about not smoking pot. Um, he says he hopes she didn't lie because he could never be with a liar because he could never be with a liar. You want to know the worst part? Um, no. Okay. Yes. Just tell me. This is a conversation taken straight from their text messages. This is the worst. Yes. Um, she says he's being unfair and she just wants to be loved and in a mutually giving happy relationship. He changes pace and says he can't live without her. And then, and that quote, 
He hates when she makes him get this upset. I can smell the fumes. Like I need some fresh air for real. Um, so a conversation I have with my students regularly is nobody can make you feel you a feel certain anything. thing. Mm-hmm. You, and the only thing you can control is the way you react to a situation. In fact, that's the only thing you have in this world. So how about, dude, you shut the fuck up and get your life together. He is terrible. Um, she apologizes to him and they make up. Um, at her friend's house, like she's making him a Valentine's Day gift and she tells her friend that she should try harder to make him happy and do what he wants because she just wants their relationship to work. Her friend, with the real talk, says she sounds like a battered wife. Thank God for the friend. Mm-hmm. Um, they're dressed in bikinis here, and but it must be Christmas time because Deck the Halls is playing in the background. <laughs> well, that would make sense. It's um, it's Southern Hemisphere, right? Yeah, South Africa. So it's it's just a weird like right. you know thing. Um, Check her your friend... American privilege, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I live in Texas. I'm I have I've worn shorts on Christmas before. Oh yeah. So let's let's take a step back. <laughs> Um, her friend says that Oscar's not supposed to make her miserable. He's supposed to make her happy. I would agree with Reva, that. Reva says, well, then this isn't going to make you happy because we're moving in together. Um, I'm not quite sure that's how I'd break it to my friend. No. Um, Oscar, meanwhile, is doing clapping pushups in his room. Now, do you think that's just because he likes the applause? <laughs> Although that'd be like a slow clap. <laughs> He's that trying to start it to see if all of his fans will just pick up worldwide. Uh, Reva gets a Twitter message that says, you think he's yours? Check your email. Dun, dun, dun. Oscar's ex posted a photo of her and her new dog and Oscar's in the photo with her. Uh-oh. She um, tells her friends about how she keeps getting mean tweets and email emails her friend who five minutes ago was the smart one says that these things just happen when you're dating somebody famous. I don't like that. Uh, She goes to Oscars and confronts him about how she's being bombarded with people saying he's a cheater. He says he doesn't quote play around on her. Um, He apologizes and says there's just so many jealous people in the world and she has to learn to ignore it. Mm-mm. He asks if she can do that for her quote superstar boyfriend. He that's what he calls himself. You don't get to do that. He also says this while he gets up to freaking pose. <laughs> He's like your superstar boyfriend. I hate it. Yeah, same. Um, she. Oh, da, 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 da. Reva walks. Oh, oh, so later that night. Um. Reva walks downstairs to the kitchen to get a snack and Oscar sneaks up on her telling her that she should quote, watch her diet, especially after how fat you thought you were in that preview for Tropica Island. Go literally fuck yourself. Like at this point, I was like, I hate this guy. Um, <clears throat> da, 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 da. She puts the snack back and gets some water instead. 
she goes upstairs um, and Oscar is trailing behind her, watching her like a psycho. Like, oof. But she stops at the top of the stairs and looks at some photos on the wall. And they're all photos of him and his ex-girlfriend together. Oh. Yeah. I'm not a fan. No. She asks him to take the photos down and he says no. She presses him about it and they get in a fight. He says if she trusts people online more than she trusts him, they have nothing to talk about. He says he's a celebrity. He can't help it if people post pictures of him. Finally, he screams in her face and she cries. And then he tells her how much she's hurt him. How dare you shatter my masculinity? Yeah. He then tells her that she needs to prove to him that she's worthy of their relationship. Worthy. (laughs) Okay, I'm just going to leave while you finish this episode without me. I'm done. Can this guy be canceled? He sucks. Um, She leaves and on her way out knocks down all the pictures off the wall. I was like, yes, girl. Later, we see Oscar at a party. Um, he's texting Reva about why they weren't together on New Year's Eve. She texts back that they weren't together because they were fighting, and maybe she should get him a blow-up doll that also shouts at him. <laughs> that was kind of funny. <laughs> he asks her to come to Cape Town to be with him, and she agrees. Um, they're in Cape Town at a party, and um, they're in, together like in swimsuits, cuddling by the pool. A few guys stare at her a little bit too long and draw Oscar's attention, but Reva keeps him from being a psycho. Um, later, she crawls into bed with him in a bralette and thong, and seriously, like, I need her workout routine. I have, I just want to look like a slightly redheaded version of her. I mean, I want to look like either of the Hemsworth brothers. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do the work for it, though, so they could send me their workout routine all they want. Yeah. She says she's in this all the way with him, and then she removes his prosthetics and kisses his legs, which, if he wasn't such an asshole, would have been very sweet. Yeah. Um, they it's that have whole being an asshole part that really does this for me. They have sex, and we get the second edit of the week. So, like, they're having sex. He's on top of her, and it just keeps focusing in on the Bible verses tattooed on his <laughs> <laughs> It was like a, a like a slow focus in on it. It was pretty funny. <laughs> um, we cut again to Oscar and Riva fighting, but it, this time it's from the neighbor's perspective. This lady is hysterical. She sounds funny like a character or in hysterics. She sounds like a character from Mary Poppins. Oh, okay. I can't do the accent. I was going to try, and I can't. Um, I would pay like... extra for you to. I'd pay <laughs> double what I already pay you for you to do that accent. So devil and nothing is nothing. Exactly. Uh, okay. But it's two zeros side by side, which is much more flattering. Right. I can't, I can't like think it like, ugh, I wish I could. She's like, they're at it again. They don't know what, t- don't they know what time it is? And so she calls the security gate to complain. Um, his security team goes to check it out and like, okay. So I know in some Af- African countries, I don't know specifically about South Africa, but I know in some African countries, it's not uncommon to have security teams around your home. Right. Uh, 
So Reva's in the guest bedroom crying, and the neighbor lady goes to meet the security people to tell them how crazy those two are. Um, but Oscar, they go and knock on the door um, and ring the doorbell, but Oscar can't hear them because he's watching a sports documentary about himself again. Again? Wearing headphones. <laughs> now, maybe their cable was canceled, and that's all he's got. <laughs> maybe. Um, so yeah, the security keeps ringing the doorbell, but he can't hear. Um, nobody ever answers the door. Reva hears the doorbell. She doesn't answer. She's upset. Um, so the security guard tells the neighbor that he'll note, note it in their report that they came by and they were being loud. So now we cut to court. Okay. This is the high court of South Africa, March 14th, 2014. Oscar's on the stand talking about how, talking about their arguments. The attorney, <laughs> The attorney questioning him is wearing like a gigantic bow around his neck, which I know is the custom, but I also can't take it seriously. It's because he's a gift. (laughs) The prosecutor points out that Reva told her mother that she loved her all the time, but she and Oscar never said that they loved each other. Um, Oscar says it's because he never got the opportunity to tell her that he loved her. And we cut back to him carrying Reva's bodies down the stairs and he's screaming that he loves her. He's like, please don't die. I love you. Oof. At that point, it's too late. Um, yes. He's crying on the stand. And I don't mean like dignified tears. He's sobbing on the stand. Okay. Talking about how much he loved her. Um, ha- talking about how he cried over her body. The judge, however, is not having this. Good. She's asking him if he can continue. He just keeps crying and says that he really misses her. So the judge dismisses him from the stand. Bye. Okay. This, he, he gets off the stand and he's not wearing his prosthetics, which is fine, but it feels less like a necessity and more like a tool to manipulate the jury. Absolutely. It is which I did not like at all. We cut to Reva's mother being interviewed outside the courthouse. Um, She's reading Reva's text. Wait, hold on. That's I'm not there yet. Never mind. <laughs> um, Forget everything she just said. Yeah, just strike it from the record, as they would say. Um, so she's just being outside, inter- being interviewed about how they fought. Like she knew that they fought a lot because they asked her, like, did Reva ever ask you, like, tell you about their fights? And she was like, no. She just said that they fought a lot. Um. Cut to Reva at a party. Oscar comes in and he is angry. Um, Reva's taking selfies with a fan and he accuses her of flirting. Then he grabs her by the arm and drags her out of the party. She loses her shoes and everything. So she's like barefoot in a parking lot and talking to this asshole. And he asks her if, if she enjoys being a tramp. It would be awful if she ruined his image with her actions. Yeah. So. Fucker. They're fighting. I don't want to speak ill of the dead. And I really don't even know if this happened. But She like puts on this little girl pouty face and she goes, I'm sorry. I was a naughty Reva. I don't like Which, that. Look, I'm not going to comment about whatever kink they might've been getting at here. Cause it doesn't matter. Like do, do what you want to do, but don't kill your girlfriend. I don't know. Right. Um, what does matter is that he's like, that's not sexy. That's annoying. okay um she says that um 
she like starts to cry and she's like, you know, I'm a person too. So he storms around to her side of the car, forces her into the car and drives away. Okay. Cut to the mother again, saying she had no idea Oscar was so abusive until she read everything. And this is where she's reading her text messages to the press. Look, if I'm ever murdered and someone wants to read my text to the press, do anything you can to stop them. Like that is so horrible. Also text messages are so subjective. Like, right. I don't know. Um, I will, I will be the ridiculous guy who runs up shirtless trying to fight the news anchor just for you. (laughs) Just for you. Uh, Oscar and Riva are in the car and he's driving like a maniac. It's the, it's the night of the party. Um, while she begs him to please stop. So her mom calls while this is going on and Reva answers the phone and says that um, Oscar's driving like a lunatic. So Reva has, so her mom has Reva give Oscar the phone and tells him that. So the mom, he like, he's talking to the mom on the phone <laughs> while imagine, he's driving. I imagine lunatic. she's chewing him out. Yeah. She says if he hurts um, Reva, she'll beat him herself. And I was like, yeah, mom. So he slows down and apologizes to Reva. Back at court, um, they're talking about the neighbors and why, like, because he's saying the neighbors lied about hearing them fighting. Okay. And there's so he's like, well, why do you think they would lie about that? Um, we cut to the night of the murder and the crazy neighbor calling security again. Um, security calls, and this is after the shooting. Um, they call Oscar and he asks him to please come and help. So they speed off to his house. Um, in court, Oscar talks about his gun habits. This is the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Okay. <clears throat> we see him at a bar with all of his nutty gun nut friends. Like, I have nothing... Well, I have things against guns, but whatever. But they're trying to pass a gun around under the table so they can look at it without anybody noticing. Because they're children. Right. And they sh- end up shooting one of their friends in the foot inside a restaurant because they don't know what the fuck a safety is. Oh, my God. And the friend, not wanting to call attention to himself because he's with Oscar Pistorius, who is famous, just sits there silently with a gunshot wound in his foot. I fucking hate it. I don't, I have no words. I, what are you doing? And re- I'm like, oh God, what are you doing? Ugh. Um. So this all comes out in court and it goes exactly as well as you think it would. <laughs> um, a reporter is riding around with Oscar trying to get a quote, like while he's on trial. And this poor reporter, oh, he drew the short straw big time. Um, Oscar's just, completely unhinged he's downing caffeine pills which he offers to the reporter and the guy's like mm, i'm good it just reminds oh, me of about, that, yeah, about that scene in saved by the bell where she's like i'm so excited oh because <laughs> she's taking the yes and then we get the other worst part of this movie which the whole thing was bad but a dog runs out into the street mm-hmm Oscar swerves to miss it, but he hits it instead. Then he gets out of the car and shoots it. I'm for real done. 
with a reporter. There's a reporter in the car with him. I'm for real done. This is it. I'm. We're canceled. Everything's canceled. <laughs> Lifetime's canceled. Did that really happen? I don't know. I think it did. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm almost positive it did, but I'm trying to pretend like it didn't. At court, again, he's on the stand. He says he thought she was an intruder. The prosecutor says something here, and I'm hoping you have more information, because he says, quote, she locked the door for a purpose, but I'm not allowed to give you that purpose. Okay, yeah. Okay. I don't. Yeah, it was very weird. Um, he says it was premeditated murder because he went in with the intent to shoot. We flash back again to the detectives when the murder happened. And they say, and I don't know if this was like a continuity error with Lifetime. Because they say there was no way for an intruder to get in the bathroom, first of all, because the window in there is super tiny. Right. Which is one thing. But then they say the, the whole thing that they get him on is that... Um, when he beat down the door with a cricket bat after he shot in there, he had told them that he didn't have his legs on. Right? right. So the fact that the reason that they get him on this is because he, the, the marks on the door with the cricket bat are at his full height, not his height without his prosthetics. Oh, okay. So they're saying that he would have had to have his legs on, which means he had time to like, Oh, okay. Put them on. I'm now following. Okay, that is not a continuity error. Well, okay, okay, okay. Well, because in the beginning of the movie, he puts them on and then he... So what they showed you at the the beginning of the movie is the story that he told. Okay, okay, okay. And that's the way this narrative plays out. Most people who tell it, tell it Mm -hmm. from his point of view and then shift the facts as they go. Okay. Well, I'm I'm sure that's what you're going to do, but (laughs) it's fine. Um, Da-da-da. On March 3rd, 2015, he apologizes to Reva's mother, her family, and everyone who knew her. It cuts to September 4th, or sorry, September 12th, 2014. We see footage of the real Oscar Pistorius. The Chiron says that Oscar Pistorius was found guilty of culpable homicide. He was sentenced to five years in prison no five i don't five i don't like that number quote the prosecution appealed seeking a harsher conviction which is not a thing i think you can do in the states it's not okay i didn't think so that's like kind of double jeopardy it would seem like that is definitely something you can do in south africa um so we see a couple of actual interviews with the prosecutors um saying that you know they think that he did intend to kill her when that happened. Um, and we get another black screen with the, with the following quote in 2015, after serving one year of his sentence and with the appeals process ongoing, Pistorius was released from prison and placed under house arrest. That is unfortunately accurate. Two months later, South Africa's Supreme court overturned the original verdict and convicted him of murder he was sentenced to six years in prison until 2022. The prosecution appealed again, seeking a longer sentence in light of his murder conviction. The appeal is ongoing. If the prosecution does not prevail, Oscar Pistorius will be eligible for parole as early as 2019. Yep. So that I told you at the beginning, I looked up some statistics. Okay. 
The average man who kills his intimate partner is sentenced to between two and six years in prison. I a- no, that's that's unacceptable. The average woman who kills her abuser is sentenced to fifteen years in prison. That is unfucking acceptable. Yeah, that's, that is that's not okay. No, it's not okay. It's just, it's fucking horrible. I oh god. This guy's I, like he's gonna get out of prison probably this year. Maybe he's out. I don't know. I'm sure you'll tell me, and then I'm gonna go just take a flying leap off my balcony. Yep, I'll let you know. Okay. All right. So my sources for this one were the Oscar Pistorius Wikipedia page, mm-hmm. and then because I spent so much time in the car lately, I listened to the um, the podcast Real Crime Profile. There, yeah. Episode 21 uh, is The Murder of Reva Steenkamp by Oscar Pistorius. Mm-hmm. Um, and for people who haven't listened to it, um, it is hosted by, do you remember the JonBenet Ramsey special that was on like NBC or something a couple years ago? Um, yeah. Uh, so it's the people who did that. He is um, a former detective for the FBI. He worked in the behavioral um, unit. Analysis. and but Yeah, BAU. Um now he is a writer for um, Criminal Minds. Nice. He helps like design the episodes. Um, yeah, they they have a pretty significant staff of people that used to work for yeah. the FBI. So and they can then be as truthful, like as close to reality as possible. Right. Although I, sorry, I'm, I'm going to go off on a tangent about this show now. Sorry, but the one thing they were interviewing somebody from the actual BIU, and he goes, "You know, we don't have a plane." Right. Because in the show, like, the, he's all, oh, wheels up, and they have a private plane. Right. And he's like, yeah, he does not have its own private plane. Um, so the hosts are that guy and then the casting director of Criminal Minds. And mm-hmm. then a uh, woman who is such a badass. She was a detective for the New Scotland Yard. Oh, um, cool. And she also was one of the hosts of that JonBenet Ramsey special. Um, but, <laughs> so they have a podcast Sorry. together. It's been going, like, three years. Um, so this was one of their earlier episodes. Um, that was back in 2016. Mm-hmm. And then also the Internet Sleuths podcast, which is a fairly new podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually covered this case just uh, like a month and a half ago in March. Oh, nice. And then um, I am also going to send everybody. I'm going to post that YouTube video I sent you earlier. Oh, my God. I'm going to post that in our show notes because so if anyone has seen Cat Williams stand up about poor little Tink Tink, that is that is Oscar Pistorius before he uh, before any of this happened. Oh my god, that was so <laughs> funny! I was dying. So uh, poor little take take. <laughs> anyway, if I'm casting this movie, Oscar Pistorius. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was just thinking about it again. <laughs> Oscar Pistorius <laughs> is. <laughs> I can't stop. Okay, go. So anyway, uh, if I'm... <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> okay, go. I'm sorry. I'm it's sorry. okay. It's okay. Um, if I'm casting this movie, then Sean William Scott is playing Oscar Pistorius. Okay. Um, I Like younger, like American Pie Sean William Scott. And then... Like Stifler. Old yes. Stifler. Yep. Yeah. Because he he does the douchebag perfectly. Yeah, he does. <laughs> and um, Reva Steenkamp is played by Chloe Grace Moretz, 
Which, okay. Which is why she was the person that came to mind earlier this episode, because right, I just right. thought about her. Um, so Oscar Pistorius was born on November se- uh, 22nd, 1986 in Sanditon, Johannesburg in South Africa. Uh-huh. He was born with a congenital uh, defect known as fibular hemimelia. Uh, and sure. Sarah told me what that was, but basically it's, um, he was born without fully formed fibulas and feet. So okay. half of his feet bones weren't there and then he was missing or had poorly formed fibulas. So uh-huh. when he was 11 months old, his legs were amputated halfway between his knees and his ankles. Oh, well, you made it seem like they were like later in life. Well, you said he was born without them. He wasn't born without them. You could have been like, okay, he wasn't born without them, but it happened pretty early. Yes. I'm thinking like he had to relearn. No, uh -uh. he relied on prosthetics his entire life. So, okay, there we go. Um, In school, he was very athletic. He played rugby, tennis, and water polo. He took Olympic wrestling and he trained in boxing. Mm-hmm. And his trainer at his gym once said that it took him months to realize that Oscar didn't have legs because of his tenacity and like how hard he worked. Wow. So um, he, it was definitely never like a handicap for him. That is impressive. Um, he did have a rugby related knee injury toward like his junior or senior year of high school. And so he started to have to run as part of his rehab. Uh-huh. And that's when he, hold on. Did you knock? I thought Sarah knocked on the door. Anyway, he had to run as part of his rehab. And um, that's when he fell in love with running as a sport. So um, he decided he wanted to pursue that like as his career, Uh Um, which are words I would never utter. I think I'm going to run for a living. Look, I used to run quite a bit and I can't anymore because my knees and my, I get terrible shin splints, but I know some people that are so dedicated to running, I know people that have run the Boston Marathon. I know people that run ultra marathons, like hundred mile races. I could not. I no, just. Uh, I don't have that in me. I just no. don't. Um, he was once asked by a journalist when he was in university, and he was like being a. He was a very successful athlete at this point. Mm-hmm. A journalist asked him for his sporting motto, and he said, "You're not disabled by the disabilities you have. You're able by the abilities you have." And so because of this, he became an icon for many people with disabilities. And he wasn't like a true underdog story. Yeah. Um, He competed in events for... I get it. Like right up until the part where he starts Uh beating and murders his girlfriend. Like that's the cutoff for me. One of my (laughs) students this week told me of Abraham Lincoln. He said, well, yeah, because he was still alive before he died. Which (laughs) I feel like is the same thing I'd say for this guy. Like he was great until he wasn't. Yeah. I mean... (laughs) We're all alive until we die, right? <laughs> That's I just laughed so hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so um, he actually, when he competed in the um, events for amputees, mm-hmm. he would compete against or in the category for single leg amputees, even though he was a double leg amputee, because he was far above his competition with double leg amputees. Wow. Yeah. Um, So he took part in the 2004 Summer Paralympics in Athens. Mm -hmm. He came in third overall in the Mm -hmm. 100 meter event. Um, He, in fact, fell in the preliminary round for the 200 meters and still qualified for the finals. Wow. Yeah. Um, He went on to win the finals with a world record time of 21.97 seconds for the 200 meter. 200 okay that's like two football fields 
Yeah. In 20... I, 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 I don't know if I could run that in 21 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking the same thing. Um, and um, so after he's, he was experiencing a lot of running success, both in amputee and non-amputee events, he was also competing yeah. against non-amputees. So he experienced all this success. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not even going to like get into all the events he was into because he ran a lot, but I just don't like him that much to go into all that. Um, Fair. So he set his sight on the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Um, in particular, he'd set his sights on competing in the 2008 Summer Olympics in Beijing, but uh-huh. he was actually passed over by the South African Olympic Committee that year. Boo. So um, Pistorius came under a lot of fire as he continued to compete because people were complaining that his prosthetic running legs gave him an unfair advantage. And so as like the uh, like the comedy I sent you earlier, the whole thing that Cat Williams stands on is he has no legs. How is that an advantage in a foot race? I don't know. <laughs> um, ding, ding. <laughs> So the um, IAAF, which is the International Association for Athletics of Athletics Federations, mm-hmm. they initially ruled that his racing legs gave him an unnatural stride and that he expended less energy running because of the bounce his legs provided. So that is why they said it was unfair, because his legs had some bounce. Um, so for a while, he was disqualified from I'm events. Looking at my legs. my legs bounce? I don't even know. My legs jiggle. Um, however they later recounted this ruling noting that they had not taken into account that he has a much slower starting pace than his competition because of his prosthetics so it balances out is what they said sure after failing to make the south african olympic team for the 2008 beijing olympics Mm -hmm. he kept racing um fighting for his chance to compete in the london olympics four years later uh-huh. On July 4th, 2012, the South African Sports Federation and Olympic Committee announced that Pistorius had been included in the Olympic team for the 400 meter and the 4x400 meter relay races. Okay. At the 2012 Summer Olympics on August 4th, 2012, he became the first amputee runner to compete at the Olympic Games. Wow. Um, I mean, that is so imp- like right so impressive right like just that does take a lot of tenacity and hard work yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. um though he did not medal in any event he was chosen um by the south african or like to carry the south african flag in the closing ceremonies sure so yeah. he was one of their celebrated athletes he was myth congeniality yes and here's why i wrote your fact for you pistorius had two visible tattoos one of them he had it one of them was the date of his mother's birth and death because she died when he was like 19 i think he said 15 in the movie i don't know okay so it's 15 i know he's a teenager that may not be real but um i could do the math but i'm not going to so that is hard guys so it was just all roman numerals but it was 8th of may 1958 to 6th of march 2002 um that's tattooed inside of his arm and then he had a tattoo on his back of the Bible verses, 1 Corinthians nine twenty six through 27, which starts out, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. So that's why he chose that verse. Yeah, I, yeah, and I then, looked it up. But... I'm sorry. <laughs> I was hoping it wasn't real when you texted me. 
I was too. But I figured like that kind of detail would have to be real because if it was the actor, they would have made him cover that up. Right. And I nobody just... would write that in a script because it's unbelievable. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's like the guy who watches the sports documentary about himself right. more than once. Um. So in November 2012, just a few months after his Olympic run, mm -hmm. Pistorius started dating law student and model Riva Steenkamp. Uh-oh. So, I lost you. You got to start over. November? Can you hear me now? Just Yeah, just a few months after his November run. Okay, just a few months after his Olympic run, Pistorius uh -huh. started dating law student and model Riva Steenkamp. Riva okay. Steenkamp was born August 19th, 1983 in Cape Town. She went to um, a school that later its name changed while she was in it. So it ended up being the Nelson Mandela Metropolitan University. And she received a Bachelor of okay. Law degree, which is not really a, a, a degree that we have here. Like, we don't no, have a Bachelor of a... Law. Um, no. So um, she then spent time working as a paralegal and applied for the bar in 2011. And her okay. hope was to be a full legal advocate by the age of 30. Applied for the bar? Yeah, that's what they say. Like, that's how it's there. You don't That's, have to, like, pass the exam? Well, so, from my understanding, you have to meet certain qualifications to be able to take the test. Okay, and okay. And so that's, like, a review of your qualifications. Okay, okay. Um, so starting, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they do just let people just... <laughs> well, like, I think that it's called applying for the bar here in America, too, because you don't actually have to have any kind of law degree to take the bar and practice. You just won't be represented by insurance. That's true, because have you seen Kim Kardashian studying for the bar? She, yeah, she's doing an at-home mm -hmm. law school. Yep. Which, I mean, hey, do your thing, girl. Whatever. She she did some really good work for the Innocence Project, so. Well, there we go. Mm -hmm. um, so starting at age 14, Reva began modeling. And throughout the course of her career, she was actually the first face of Avon in South Africa. Wow. Yeah. And That's interesting. She appeared several times in FHL magazine as a cover model and then as a like featured model in the spreads. And she, in 2011, this apparently is very important, was ranked number 40 in the list of 100 sexiest women. Um, and it is important well, just to I show her star power. Like... I'm just saying, I would put that on my resume. Right. Um, I would. I yeah, still put Time Magazine Person of the Year 2006, so. Nice. <laughs> I don't work in fashion. I don't work in any of that, but you bet your damn ass that would go right on my resume. Right. Um, and she was also a red carpet, like, presenter and interviewer for fashion TV in South Africa. Cool. And she starred in several TV advertisements for things like Toyota Land Cruiser. Mm -hmm. um and other big like she was a she was kind of an an a-list model in south africa she's beautiful uh-huh and actually the, i thought lifetime did a really good job casting her good yeah. she was also featured as a celebrity contestant on the bbc lifestyle show baking made easy okay i need to hear all about this go right i didn't do a whole lot of research because i wanted to keep my notes short, short when you said yours were a little longer um, I read really fast, which is why I mixed up America and Africa. <laughs> <laughs> At the time of her death, Steenkamp was signed up to appear on season five of the reality TV show Tropica Island of Treasure. Mm -hmm. And I did look this up. 
It was filmed in Jamaica and uh-huh. they took an equal amount of s- South African celebrities and like citizens who were not at all famous and they okay. were competing for a million rand, which is their monetary denomination. Right. Um, and then it was kind of like a survivor show. So they're out on an island, but it's kind of a luxurious kind of island from what I understand. But they had all these island trials they would have to do and people would vote you off the island. Okay. And so whoever won got their million rand. Stay tuned. This month we're doing an episode about somebody who produced Survivor. So yeah. yay. Um, <laughs> the first episode of the, or rather the series began airing um, two days after her death. And so they dedicated the first episode to her and put up a tribute video before it aired. Um, That's sad, but also, like, what do you do? Yeah. You know? Yeah. What do you do? That happened, like, a few years ago on The Bachelor, or on The Bachelorette, one of the guys died in a hang gliding accident i remember before, that while the show was airing and so they did it. well no it was while it was still filming before it aired and um so they had a whole thing where they came in and told them right uh-huh. it was really sad though um so in the early morning of february 14th 2013 mm-hmm. pistorius shot and killed his girlfriend and i'm not going to tell the story the way he tells it i'm going to tell the facts that forensics were able to Thank establish you. You know why? Because his story is bullshit. Yes, it makes zero sense. Um, Yes, lies have a way of doing that. He shot and killed his girlfriend at his home in Pretoria. Mm -hmm. Pistorius acknowledged that he shot her four times, causing her death, but he claimed that he mistook her for a possible intruder. His murder trial, like his trial for murder, began March 3rd, 2014. And, um, went until oh yeah so they went until may 20th and uh-huh. then they took a month-long break because his defense attorneys said because of the trauma of having to um w- walk on prosthesis and being famous and all that combined that he was emotionally fragile and he had some um uh, what was they basically claimed that he was mental, had a mental illness that was affecting his behavior. And so the prosecution was like, okay, then let's stop the trial for a little bit and have him evaluated by a psychiatrist. And his defense was like, no, 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 wait, wait, no, back up, back up. No. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Let's so, not get too hasty here. Right. Okay. So they took a month off to have him evaluated, at which time the psychiatrist came back and was like, hey, heads up, no. He's just a jackass. Yeah. Um, I'm, in fact, I think that was a direct quote from <laughs> from the courtroom. He's got douchebaggiest. Keep going, keep going. Don't give up now. Assholiosis. <laughs> <laughs> was it worth it? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I'm so excited about that. That's our title. <laughs> That's what I just wrote down. <laughs> All right, so. Oh my God. Uh, the actual direct quote was Mr. Pistorius did not suffer from a mental illness or defect that would have rendered him not criminally responsible for the offense charged. Mm-hmm. Um. So his 
um, the defense finally closed their arguments on July 8th and then closing arguments were held, um, 7th and 8th of August. Okay. So in this case, the, um, prosecutor brought in all of their neighbors who, um, said things like, um, you know, we heard them screaming. We heard two voices screaming. Um, and then they brought in his ex-girlfriend who had reported his abuse several times and told a story about him because he had a thing for sports cars about how he was going like 200 miles per hour. And that was converted for me. And I don't remember what the kilometers were. He does it several times in the movie Yeah, where he's just in a car driving like a fucking maniac. Yeah. Well, he did it just to scare her. And then twice. Well, once Reva's in the car with him and once that sports guy is in the car with him. Yeah. So then the, um, Reva's mom also confirms that the same thing happened with Reva. Um, you get several ex-girlfriends who talk about the abuse and about, um, oh, what was that? Um, I texted you a phrase earlier. I'm looking it up because oh. I know that I want to talk about it. I'm glad I texted you all my show notes today. Coercive control. Yeah. So that was actually a phrase that they used on the, um, real profiles, uh, podcast. Uh uh, what is it real crime profile um to talk about the difference between domestic abuse and coercive control Uh because they um their whatsapp messages were presented as an exhibit in the courtroom yes and um we see that he tried to control her voice he kept saying her voice was annoying and stupid and that's what they were referencing with the baby voice in the parking lot fuck Uh Uh uh-huh yeah um, and then coercive control is just a fancy term for gaslighting. Yes. It's for mental and emotional abuse. Yeah. Um, and so Which is what gaslighting is. Yes. Okay. Um, but at this point I just, he, men need to know what gaslighting actually is. It is abuse. It is yes, abuse. It is. 100%. It is abuse. It is abuse. Yeah. Um, so, um, he, that's what I was, that's where I was going. No, I know. <laughs> He texted her about how um, her image was ruining his image. He, um, oh, fuck this guy so much. Your image accused her of being a drug addict because she smoked weed in Jamaica. It's Jamaica. What are you going to like? Okay, further. It's pot. <laughs> right. And so her response, because, and what they said on the real crime profile is it indicates there was a conversation had in person between these messages. Mm-hmm. Um, where he said that because she texted later, um, yes, I smoke pot, but that doesn't mean I'm a hoe or a slut. So it's clear that he called her these terms. Um, and then, um, they also said that she made a lot of accusatory statements that sounded like they were quoting him, like that she was throwing back his own words in his face, Mm -hmm. but the host on, real crime profiles he said however there are no inverted commas to show and i had to pull over to look up if that's actually a phrase that people use or if no one ever taught him what quotation marks were is it a real phrase apparently it says it's a british usage but even then it said it's not widely used so it sounds like he read it in like a c.s lewis novel when he was little and he was like that's what i'm calling it like (laughs) i mean you do you real crime profile guy you do you um 
Anyway, so these text messages were awful and controlling, but without the tone of voice, you can only read them for what they're worth, you know? Yeah. Um, but you can... Exactly. That's the thing with text messages. I can text somebody like, I hate you, and it... It's not what I mean. Right. Like when we, in our group message, anytime we say we hate each other, it's definitely because we're jealous of them. Right. (laughs) um, Like Anna all the time. That's what I was going to say. But (laughs) (laughs) anyway, so um, all of these things go up and surprise, he doesn't look like a great guy. And the prosecutor, right. The prosecutor crafts this, um, this narrative that he, um, he says he went out to the balcony to unplug his fan and bring it inside. Um, no sense. And then, Why is your fan outside? Well, maybe they were using it on the patio like earlier that day. Whatever. So he says he wasn't on his prosthetics. And when he went out to the patio that Reva was in bed so then he heard the window opening in the bathroom so he shot through the door and told Reva to call um, emergency services which the number in South Africa is 112 by the way if you're in South Africa you need help it's 112 from a cell phone only it's a longer number if you're from a landline I don't know why it's different I don't either Um, in any case but the prosecution says that from their forensic findings it was clear that he knew Reva was in there and that um, everyone heard the screaming and the fighting and what he, what the prosecution meant when they said she'd locked the door for a reason, but I can't tell you what um, I think was a misinterpretation of the actual quote that like, I can't tell you why she was in there probably because you were a douchebag. Okay. That makes more sense. But in the movie, he's like implying that there was something that he couldn't tell the jury. And I was like, what am I missing here? Right. I mean, it's pretty clear that he's guilty as fuck, but I mean. Right. Um, And then, um, so when he discovered her body, he still did not call discovered with air quotes with inverted commas. Um, (laughs) Air inverted commas. That's a a scientific term. (laughs) You're all welcome. You're fancy now. Baggy is as holy (laughs) as In any case, um, which I'm going to work into my regular vocabulary now, just so perfect. You know. <laughs> he um, he didn't call emergency services. He called the private security, which, to be fair, crime was really high in that area in South Africa, and right. basically everyone who everyone kept a gun under their bed because of the amount of break-ins that were happening at the time, and private right. security was the way you dealt with things. Right, and that's kind of all all over Africa. Like I know um, I knew I dated a guy whose brother lived in uh, or lives in, I don't know if they still live. I don't know, but they lived in Uganda and they had their own like personal security team in their house or at their house. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway. And then he called a private ambulance and not the emergency services ambulance to come and pick her up. And so little things that added up to this does not sound like an accident because you took so long to do things. Right. Um, so the defense take, he takes the stand in his own defense and he like fake cries the whole time. Um, by fake cry, do you mean sob like a little (laughs) baby? Actually, there's a picture of him that's so like fake crying that I almost laughed. 
it rem- like it reminded me of when my son was little and he would like try to he would I would be upset with him. So he tried so to he get out just, of trouble. He would like cry. Yeah, he would try to get out of trouble. And so he would cry, but there were no tears. Uh-huh. It was just like noise uh-huh. and like you know, like Yeah, exactly. No, but there were no tears. Um nothing. And he claimed that he loved her, that that would never happen, and that for all of his neighbors who said well, first of all, he'd already said that there was no fighting the night before, so his neighbors didn't hear anything. So then he said, Well, yeah, they heard me scream when I discovered her body, and I sound like a girl when I scream. <laughs> I'm like, that's the best you could. You paid all that money for a defense team, and that's what they came up with for you? Look, if I was a your prosecutor, I'd be like, sir, can you please demonstrate for <laughs> the court here? <laughs> like, you scream like a girl. Exactly. But um, I'm a bitch, so. <laughs> every time the prosecution had made a claim about him he would start wailing again and he like he had a bucket that he would vomit in just to prove how upset he was over these accusations so the defense called up his uh social worker who was dealing with him throughout this case and she was like oh no he's really upset that was real vomit and real tears and i don't know why you think anything how can you how can you go on the stand was and say what people are feeling? Was he also, like, crying into the bucket? <laughs> real vomit, real tears, like, all mixed he together? He swishes them around for What good is measure. happening? I would have to be dismissed from this jury because I'd be like, that's disgusting. <laughs> it's goulash. <laughs> oh, man. So. I can handle a lot of things, but just sitting in a room with a bucket of vomit is not one of them. Right. So, um. On September 12th, he was finally found guilty of culpable homicide, which we have a similar ruling, but it's not called that. And I don't remember what it's called now. Um, Isn't it? Uh, voluntary manslaughter? No, uh-uh. we've got a different term for it. Because and- we have involuntary manslaughter and then we have voluntary manslaughter. Yeah, let's see if I can... Um- All that to say, sounds like murder to me. Right. Um, I don't remember what we call it now. So if I think of it, I will put it in my show notes. And if not, then... No, culpable homicide is involuntary manslaughter. Invol? Yeah. Okay. So it's like, I did a thing that led to someone... Um, dying kind of like it's kind of like a lesser self-defense kind of plea right well here it's like drunk driving you right. kill somebody that's that's involuntary manslaughter. well so the prosecution had said because he kept saying that he thought he'd hurt someone bring into his house and so the prosecution nailed home that even if he thought somebody was in his bathroom it was clear they weren't trying to harm them because they were stayed locked up in the bathroom and that there was no reason to fire a gun and he even like the prosecution cornered him and told him because South Africa doesn't have laws like Louisiana and Texas where if somebody invades your home you can open fire because standard ground law which I'm not 100% on board with either but that's neither here nor there right South Africa doesn't have that at all so um they even like made him take a competency exam for his licensed guns. Cause he did have licenses for his guns that talked about like his training about when to shoot people, AKA never and how level headed he was. And so they got involuntary manslaughter because he acted, um, out of fear basically. Um, and then so he here's was- what they teach you in gun class. 
you never shoot at someone unless you intend to kill them. Right. That is what they teach you, and at least here, the gun class that I went to, I don't know. Um, you don't pull a trigger with a gun pointed at someone unless you intend to take their life. So on March, tw- I'm on March on October twenty first, twenty fourteen, he received a prison sentence with a maximum of five years for culpable homicide, and a concurrent three year suspended prison sentence for three for the separate reckless endangerment conviction. Um, but he wound up serving most of that on house arrest. So, under South African law, you just go. Okay, under South African law, um, the prosecution can um, appeal for a stronger conviction or like a stronger sentencing. And mm-hmm. so the case was appealed, and um, this time the prosecutors um, had an even better defense or an even better jury. I mean, pr- uh, prosecution or an even better jury or both. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but this time he was found guilty of, um, the culpable homicide was, uh, replaced with an actual murder conviction. Right. And so then he was sentenced to, um, let's see. I don't remember. I wrote it down somewhere and now I've gotten lost in my notes. Um, so he was found re guilty. Oh, here we go. Okay. Um, he was sentenced to six years imprisonment for murder. And so the prosecution came back and said, it is on the books that the, um, the minimum is, uh, 15 years for murder in South African law. Mm -hmm. And so the six year was quote, surprisingly or shockingly lenient. Um, and mandatory minimums, like a suggestion. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently. Because I have some people or I have some people. I, I, there are some people locked up here in the United States for very minor drug offenses that would probably take issue with that. Right. So, um, in March of, 2018 mm-hmm. no i've skipped something okay um sorry in 2017 in november 2017 the supreme court of south africa ruled that his sentence had to be increased by an additional 15 years oh, less God, time. Okay. well so by increased to 15 years less time already served so his whole sentence was going to be 15 years um and so he was um they appealed one more time. His defense premil- uh, appealed this time and it was denied. And so on March 28th, 2018, um, all of his appeals were dismissed and he is not eligible for parole now until at least 2023, but likely will not see parole then. Bye, bitch. Yeah. I don't feel bad about that at all. Nope. I hate him. I just, I really had no idea, but I kind of like these ones where I don't know a lot because I watch the movie. I'm just horrified. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which it, it makes, I don't know. It's all terrible. Don't kill people. No. It's really no. bad. He was bad. controlling and obsessive and awful. And when she wouldn't bend to his will, he shot her through a bathroom door. Four times. Three of them hit her. And she was moving around. So he was doing, like, 
he was aiming. There was, um, so there was a big like forensic fight about whether or not he was on his prosthetics. Forensic fight. That's a show that I would watch. Right. Forensic fight. Um, (laughs) So um, in the end, they found that he was not on his prosthetics, but then he went and put them on while she was on the ground. So it just showed how much time he took to, I remembered you asking that question earlier. It just showed how much time he took to, casually call all these private security and stuff instead of calling emergency services that makes sense now because i was really confused i was like wait why uh yeah okay yep uh and that is the um this case is terrible wonderful wonderful story of oscar pissant uh pistorius (laughs) i mean it's just so sad reba steam steam camp yes i'm so sorry i'm just butchering her name all over the place but she was a beautiful girl she had so much life ahead of her she was intelligent so much going for her and he just ruined her yep literally yep so i um i i mean the murder cases are always hard but this one was exceptionally hard for me because she just had the whole world ahead of her she really did. We're doing mostly murder this month, so yeah, I know. Um, did you see a real life case that you want to turn into a lifetime movie? Yes. Well, one of the ones that was actually, I wrote it down in my notes on my phone. Yay. Um, I've got now an ongoing list of notes on my phone, so I can remember. Oh God, I do too. <laughs> because I'll think of them throughout the week, and then I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Um. so there was um oh okay so there was a uh a famous case of a man who took a plane hostage and he just went by the name db cooper yeah yeah uh-huh. uh so i was recently um revisiting that case i think maybe it was a my favorite murder or something like that and i was just thinking about how messed up that whole case is and he you know all the money he got and then then it was just the pilot the co-pilot and then this poor flight attendant named tina who was such a badass um that i want who covered this somebody covered this recently i think it was either my favorite murder or and that's why we drink it was probably and that's why we drink because i don't you don't listen to mfm i know so uh, if you think of it too, that's why I thought it was my favorite. I mean, uh, and that's why we drink. Yeah. Because um, I'm a little behind on wine and crime. And that's the other one that we overlap on. But I remember they were talking about the flight attendant, Tina. And that's when you said I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that one. So I want Lifetime. Lady. I want the movie to be shown through her eyes because she was like, had to go on the plane with him while he's... Um, on this rampage he's taking all this money from delta or whatever i it's an airline that doesn't exist anymore but i don't remember i think it was panic was it pan am was it pan am i don't know um but no she got off the plane at some point and then got had to get back back on on. yes and then i'm not sure i could do that and then the pilot told her to go open the door so that he could jump out and i'm like fuck no tina you sit down you got this girl you've done your job You've gone above and beyond. Oh, poor girl. So she is just incredible. And she is my hero of the week. Yay. How about you? Well, I have one. I have one. Um, not as light. <laughs> uh, 
But I was watching um, 48 Hours this weekend on ID, and I, I texted you on Friday, and I was like, oh, the Sinister Minister uh-huh. one is on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one, it was pretty good. Um, but they showed another one called, um, I don't know what it was called, but it was about the murder of Sylvie Cachet. Um, she was an up-and-coming fashion designer in New York City. Um, she designed swimsuits. She was... Um, yeah, okay. I know this case. She was found in a bathtub at Soho, Soho House, which is a very upscale hotel in New York. Um, Actually, if you could go back and watch, there's an episode of Sex in the City where they talk about the pool at Soho House. Yeah. Um, so she was found um, in a bathtub with all of her clothes on. Um, her boyfriend at the time, uh, Nicholas Brooks, was arrested for the crime. She was 33. He was like 24, 25, oh 24. Um, but his father was an Oscar winning uh, songwriter and was also um, in jail at the same time his son was for uh, raping, like posting casting calls on Craigslist and then raping the women that showed up to be cast. What a fucking monster. I didn't know that part. He um, killed himself while he was awaiting trial. He put a bag over his head and um, inhaled helium. What a fucking douchebag. So yeah, they were awaiting trial at the same time. Um, Nicholas was convicted and... um, he let's see this article was written in da, 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 da. <clears throat> so this happened in 2010 um this article was posted on in, on march 26 2018 he had just exhausted all of his appeals they were all denied good bye so he's in jail um he killed her uh i just think with the like the fashion designer like oh, all yeah. that like at that angle and plus with the father like i think it'd be a really good movie it would be a very glamorous kind yeah, of yeah i like those i'm finishing the seven husbands of evelyn hugo right now i so love I'm really that into book. the glam mm-hmm. um, i'm almost done we can talk about it when i'm done good good <laughs> is that what i recommended to you or did you find it on your own no i found it on my own okay because I'm, and now I put her next book, uh, Daisy Jones and the Six, on my waiting list, and I'm going to be waiting for the next hundred years of my life. I've not read that one. <laughs> uh, it's it's new. It just came out like um, last month, I think. Right. I I get books very early because of my book blog. Yes. Um. I mean, well, I sh- we can't all be as fancy as you are. I get to drink tea with my pinkies up when I say things like that. Yeah. Well, I wanted to um, also appeal to some people to comment. Um, on our iTunes page, so if you have iTunes, just go give us five stars because, you know, duh. And then um, comment with if your life was turned into a Lifetime movie, what would it be called? Yes. Tell us the title. Tell us the title of what you uh, uh, – uh, and we'll read some of our favorites. And we we'll guess we'll why that's the title. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really good at guessing as you found out yeah. today with my ABC he's, Family movie. Yeah. He's really good at it. And – also, you had told me a story earlier this week about one of your old students who listens to our podcast. <laughs> so if you're one of Paul's students, please comment with a story about his teaching because I want to read it. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> you know who you are. Yeah. Also, join us on our Patreon page. We're having a good time. We are. Our first uh, episode went up Sunday um, and it took mm-hmm. me some a while to figure out the interface, but I got it. Oh, God. 
we're just nothing but consummate professionals is what we are. Absolutely. Yeah. Join us on our Facebook, or our Facebook Patreon page. Um, you do get access to our Facebook group, which is now a thing. So if you're a Patreon donor, you'll get an email in the next day or so to tell you how to get on that. Absolutely. Um, Patreon.com backslash lifetime sentence. Um, $5 gets you in the door for everything we have. Yep, yep. And you can now also like us on Facebook. We have an official page, facebook.com slash lifetime sentence. Huh? And you can find us on Instagram at Lifetime Sentence. Uh-huh. On Twitter at Life Sentence Pod. And email us at Lifetime Sentence Podcast at gmail.com. And as always, you can find show notes and special links on our website at Lifetime Sentence Pod.com. Yes, that's it. We did it. Actually, I thought this was going to be a long one, and it's not. Actually. No, it's about right. Um, yeah. So, um, hey, don't forget to eat your vegetables. And charge your phone. Bye. Talk to you later. Bye. This has been Lifetime Sentence, where the truth really is stranger than fiction. Thanks for listening. From the brilliant creative minds that brought you Keep Drinking, It'll Get Better, and the Real Housewives of Hillcrest Nursing Home, comes the podcast that people are raving about. Hi, this is Edward October for OctoberPodVHS.com, here to tell you what people are saying about our true crime podcast. A thread store in Arizona says, too much dribble and slang. These... Ladies obviously enjoy their own humor and sound high. Hey, at least they called you ladies. Benny from Idaho says, Your topics are so appealing, but a three-person pod is difficult enough to follow without banter. Um, our true crime podcast only has two people? Wait, 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 wait. Where's the other 100 five-star reviews? Can somebody give me the five-star reviews? Okay, here we go. Much better. Luscious Lee says, stand up, five stars. You girls are funny AF. I especially love the me and Mrs. Jones rendition you sneak into the recording. Cherry G 107 says, I struggle finding a new podcast, and so far, I've been hooked to you guys' podcast. Keep up the good work. Thumbs up, thumbs up, smiley face. Our true crime podcast, two girls, one story, and lots of bad renditions of songs you love. Available on your favorite podcatcher. Go binge it today.